Welcome to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of The Database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg. I'm Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg, and you've just entered The Database. And for today's issue, we have a special guest, and the topic is what I titled Anti-Social Distancing, What Not to Say. And I can't think of a person I'd rather have this conversation with than my brother, Rav Menachem Mendel Shlomo Eisenberg Mendy. Nice to have you. Nice to be here. And we mentioned that um, I, we're, I was going to have you on for a different topic, but I think this is a great topic for you. Uh, and I wanted I've to, yeah. I've been practicing anti-social distance long before social distance was even a thing. Excellent. And um, I just want to remind listeners that if you would like to pledge a sponsorship, a donation, $18 it can be, it could be Meister Money. All you have to do is reach out to the database at gmail.com. That's the data and then base B E I S at gmail.com. And you can get all you can um be added to the WhatsApp group, all different things you can get just by contacting me there. Now I want to introduce this conversation by quoting to Mamori Chazal that um, a Rosh Hashiva that we shared, and my Rebbe, Rav Yonason Sachs, he shares this some very frequently. There are two Mamari Chazal that are very similar, but they are fundamentally different, as you'll see. One, one Mamari Chazal comes from Chama Brabi Chanina, and this, um, and this comes up in Sota on Dafia Dalid, where the Gemara says that Achrei Hashem Telechu, it's a Pasuk, that you should walk after Hashem, and then the Gemara explains that there are certain mitzvos that you're supposed to do because Hashem did them. So the, the, one example would be like we find in um, in um, in Parshas Vayera, last week's Parsha, which was the mitzvah of Biker Cholim. So Hashem did Biker Cholim for Avram Avinu, and we find um, we find in what was there any examples in Chai Sarah? Chai Sarah. I know that there's one in Toldos. He does Nicham Avelim. In no no sorry no Nichum Avelim this week's parsha Nichum Avelim this week's parsha Hashem comes to Yitzchak Avinu after the Torah records Avraham's death, right? So that's 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 one Maimer Chazal. The other one is from Abba Shaul. and Abba Shaul in Shabbos on Kuflam and Gimel he quotes a different pasuk. He says Zekhelivyan Vehu and it says Mahu Rachum Afata Rachum. Just like Hashem is Rachum, you you have to be Rachum. So um and so the Rosh Hashiva asks. Why do we have these two separate Mamari Chazal? They seem very similar. Both of them are the idea of mimicking Hashem, or doing things that Hashem does, or being in a way that Hashem is. And the answer he explains is that the, 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 fundamentally, the, the, these two uh, Mamari Chazal are speaking to two different things that we're supposed to emulate. One is the certain actions that we're supposed to do, and the other is that not just to do chesed, but to be a bal chesed. Mahu rachum afatar rachum. That just like Hashem, in his essence, is someone who is merciful, you should be someone, not just who practices acts of mercy, but you become a person who is a merciful person. You are a bal chesed. Like Avram Avinu, we wouldn't just say as a person who did chesed, but he was a bal chesed. And so the, the idea is, it's, it, it manifests itself in two different ways. It's the actions that you do, but it's the personality and the traits that you manifest, that, that, that you, you have. And I think this discussion is an important discussion that the, you know, it's, it's not just enough to, um, to do actions, but you, but you have to try to be that kind of a person. Right? And so, yeah, for sure. 
And I, what, what I find um, fascinating about this, um, the Rashiva asks another question, is why do we have to learn Nihum Avelim? And and um, the, the um, other mitzvot, um, Bikr Cholim, why do we have to learn these by example from Hashem, from the fact that he did it? The Chumash could have just given us a command somewhere in Parshish Kisetze saying that Bikr Cholim is a thing that you should do. Giving tzedakah is a thing that you should do. We have actually a mitzvah of tzedakah. Um, but, but, but the idea, why did Hashem have to model these things? And so the answer he explains is that certain things of certain value when it comes to being a certain kind of a person you're supposed to do those things by example, right? There's certain things that you can tell a person to do it, but certain things you need a mastery in it. And I think that um, you, you and I have both experienced times where people have tried to practice a certain act of chesed, but they didn't quite um, fit the model. Definitely experienced that. And definitely something that, you know, I think is very much overlooked by so many people who really do mean well in our communities, but kind of just, you know, do things for a check mark and don't really actually gain the, the meaning, the spirit of whatever mitzvah it is they're trying to do. Right. So, and together we're going to talk about some of these examples. Before we do, I want to actually quote something I heard just this week, and you couldn't. Oh, I re, um, at the end of last week, really? No, it was, it was just this week. It was on Sunday, I believe. Um, at the the Leviah of of David Feinstein, um, um, Oliva Shalom, and Zecher Tzadik Kodesh Lebracha. Um, it was an incredible hesped, and I mentioned this in a, in, a, in the previous Real Talk Torah. Um, they should go back and listen to it. But one of the one of the most powerful speakers um, was one of the mashgichim, I guess, of his yeshiva, uh, Rav Chaim Gansweig, and he quoted an interesting story um, where which involved Rav David Feinstein, and he said that there was um, one. Um, I, th- I don't know if it was the Rosh Hashiva or the mashgich. I forgot of of. Um, Oh, which I forget which yeshiva it was, but it was the, 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 the his name was Rav David Kronglass, and Rav David Kronglass said that in order to you know to answer a uh, to answer up a shver Rambam, right? If you have a, you have a, if you have a comment of a Rambam that doesn't seem compelling, doesn't seem convincing, so you need a gaon for that. He says in order to answer a shver Rambam, you need a gaon. He says, but you don't need a gaon to do chesed. He says, anybody can do chesed. And Rav David Feinstein said, nein. He, he, said, he said, absolutely not. He says, you need to be a gaon to do chesed. And I, I think that speaks very much to what I want to discuss with you tonight. Right? Well, how, how, what, what, what do you think of that mimer? Uh, I, I think that it's so true. So many things that can be taken for granted. It's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm doing chesed. What is the name of the chesed that you're doing? Aside for you know you're doing a chesed for your your checklist of chesed, so now you have more things on your list. Right. So, um, and we all know that that famous. Um, I I think you've told me that this happens to you a bunch of times, and I know it's happened to me. Um, you're, you're standing at uh, the, um, at the sink after, um, or you're, you're you're the next person online. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, walk, sure. walk us through. So. I'm waiting online in a sink, you know, in a room with other people and, you know, whether it be at a simcha or any event, and I'm waiting online to wash my hands, and 
the person in front of me, they're, they're watching Torah, and suddenly they're really inspired, and they stand there holding their hands up, and they say, Baruch Atah Hashem Elokeinu, and they just go through the whole bracha with real kavana. Meanwhile, I'm standing there waiting to wash my hands as well, and there are other people standing behind me, and I'm thinking, like, it's very nice that you have such a tremendous amount of kavana, but what about the whole thing about, you know, you have to mocha? That's also a thing you should have kavana in. Right, and it kind of brings to mind uh, the, the famous story with Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. Uh, uh, Rebbe, what your, what, what's your special kavana when you're putting on a talis? Huh? I, I don't, yeah, my, my kavana is that I don't want to poke the guy in the eye behind, who's standing behind me. And, yeah, yeah, so important. You know, sometimes more important than you know, what things, the way you're going to connect to Hashem, Connect to Hashem by connecting with Hashem's creations. Right. And so, and, and, and the idea, I think the idea is, again, that like the person who's saying Amatiyah Sedayim, he means well. And the person who is putting on his talis means well. And, you know, I, I think that's a separate, a, a somewhat separate area um, where it's a person focusing on his own Avodah Hashem, where it's at the expense of another person. But... I think what we're talking about here is even more fundamental and deeper, and that's how you actually engage with another person directly, right? And and how you carry out an act of chesed, a you know, in in the middle of a mitzvah, you're do you are doing not just your own mitzvah, but you're doing a mitzvah for someone else, and you could even fall short um, when when doing such a mitzvah. So the I, I want to talk about the example that with that the two two of the main examples that we started with, and they're the examples that came up in last week's parsha, this week's parsha, respectively. We have uh, the Biker cholam that Hashem modeled for uh, with Avram Avinu, and the Nicham Avelim that He modeled with Yitzchak Avinu. Right. So, so what are some things not to say? There are plenty of things not to say. Um, there's a video about that. Um, what not to say when you are when you are doing bigger cholim, and what not to say at a shiva house. And I, I think that you know, just from yours and my experience together, I remember when you and I were sitting shiva years ago, and there were two people they were arguing about politics. This one was saying this thing. This one was saying that thing. And one by one, you and I and our other siblings got up and walked out of the room until it got to the point where it was literally just these two old men bickering. And we were all in the kitchen, and we looked out to the living room, and we thought, they're still there. Who are they sitting shiva for at that point? They're just... Yeah, they're big, you you, you so, think we're making this this kind of stuff up. Um, yeah, it was, it was a very... You know, aside from the whole fact that we were sitting shiva, it was a funny experience. Yeah, if, if I, I guess if if we weren't if it wasn't so funny to us, we would have been super insulted by it. Um, yeah. I think that that I think that speaks much more to the to the person who's acting awkward and 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 being socially off. So that speaks more to them than to you know the disgrace that it, that 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 it is to you know to the mace who's being hopefully spoken about. Um, you know, it's kind of like, and this I think is important. I think 
it is very like it, while we're talking how important it is to be socially on and not socially off when you're doing a chesed. I do think the recipient has there's a certain class that the recipient has to have. Even if someone is 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 acting with you in a socially inappropriate way, there is a socially appropriate way for you as the recipient. Even in that circumstance where they're not being socially appropriate, there is a socially respectable and classy way for you to, as a recipient to act when someone is is treating you in a way that's not 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 appropriate. Absolutely. I think it's, you know, of course it's a two-way street. You, you, you don't get to be mad at someone for being socially inappropriate and then be socially inappropriate when you're talking about how mad you are. Then you are literally doing the exact same thing. Just you received a different action. And now you're being, you know, just... You, there's no justification for uh, I think the point is as you said it's a two way street um, so and I was kind of I was discussing this with someone that per, like when, when Sarah Imenu received the news from the Malach not knowing it was a Malach that she was going to have a kid and I think fertility and infertility is a very sensitive issue where, where all of this comes up um, but the um, you, you could have made the argument that Sarah Imenu was not wrong for being disappointed by hearing the Malach say what he was saying, because for all she knew, this was a wayfarer, you know, just a random guy saying, oh, you, oh, you don't have kids. Well, you know what? You know, you, you know soon by you next, you know, next time you, you, you'll, you'll have a child and you hear this with Shadokim all the time. And Sarah Imenu, now you could say that she was right for being, she, uh, we, we don't know that she was, you know, in, um, insulted or, or, or heartbroken by that news, but you could imagine um, any regular human, not to say that Sarimina you know, was a regular human, but a woman in her position might have been very heartbroken by hearing that and might have said, you know, her, her, her response could have been, I'm not saying it was this, but it could have been, who does this guy, who does this stranger, this schmo, think he is saying comments like that and how hurtful that is to me? You know, when I've kind of just accepted the reality that this is how I am, I'm not going to have any children. But on Sarah's part, and the, the muster perhaps to Sarah is, you know, since Hashem could do anything, take it as a bracha, say amen, and, you know, the, the certain kind of a response that maybe she was supposed to have at that time. Um, but you, you find this with, with, um, with, with Biker Cholim, you find it with, um, with the Nicham Avelim. Actually, the example that about Biker Cholim, I want to go back to that. I mean, obviously, you were a recipient of a lot of this, but of Moshe Mayer Weiss um, from the Goodest Yisrael of Staten Island, on the good of Staten Island, he um, he has a story. You know, we, um, he um, Baruch Hashem in the past couple years, he he just re, um, he is in a second marriage, Baruch Hashem, to his new Rebetzin, his previous Rebetzin, uh, Rebetzin Miriam Libby. So she uh, passed away to a very very vicious uh, pancreatic cancer, and there was a certain point. He tells a story. There's a certain point, and this was Rabbi Weiss talking about Beaker Hall and how to do it right and how to do it wrong. Um, the, um, he he heard a bunch of terrible things. There were there was one there was one woman who came into the Rebetzin while she was sick and said, you know, if anything happens to you, I'll take care of your husband. That that that, 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 that was one thing. Another thing that that another person said, uh, another visitor, another mevaker um, chola, um, said, um, was trying to get like, everyone tries to give the chola and their family etos about about treatments and things like that. And so she, um, so this, I don't know if it's a woman or a man, but this person took the liberty of coming in and saying, oh, you know, like I know, you know, when it comes to pancreatic cancer, I actually know a certain expert. I've heard different ideas, and meanwhile, she didn't know she had pancreatic cancer, and she didn't want to know that she had pancreatic cancer. Yeah, I, I think that one of the things that I really loved about 
um, Parshas Vayera, the way that that Hashem demonstrates how to do Bikr Cholim, I think is often overlooked. But I think that really you see how to properly do it because all it says is Vayera, Hashem appeared to him, no conversation, Hashem doesn't say anything to him, Hashem appears to him, Abraham sees the Malachim, he gets up and he start, and he goes to serve them. Hashem demonstrates when you do your call, you don't it's not about what you say, it's not about you know the things you do, just just being there. And Hashem demonstrates to you this is what it means. Is that your own Kiddush? Yeah. Because did, did you know who says that? No, who says that? Shlomo Kalbach says that. Really? So the, the namesake, um, Menachem Mendel Shlomo is named after him. Um, I actually, I wrote this as a Devar Torah um, when you had your, um, your, your car accident a year ago. And I, I, and I, in the Devar Torah, I was writing about Bikr Cholim when I was experiencing a, a very massive influx of questions and inquiries about how you were doing when especially at times when even I wasn't sure about how, how you were doing. And you know, not, not to go too much into depth about, about, um, you know, about, about your traumatic brain injury, but there, I had people hounding me, and they all mean well. And, th- and th- this is my point. My point is that w- like people should know, you know, listeners should know that there, th- it's a delicate art to, to gemilas chasadim. There's a delicate art. And it's, it's simply that. People demanding to know uh, updates as soon as I heard anything, when you know, I'm hoping that I can get a chance to process the updates myself and, and hear them. Yeah, and our, our younger brother only found out about the car accident because someone asked him. Yeah, hey, and at the time that he, uh, he didn't he didn't know he didn't know so much about it, and he, he only and he was only you know it, it like pe- people just like the case with Mary with Rebbitz and Miriam Libby that you don't always have all the information at hand, and sometimes it was meant to be that way. And or, or maybe the wrong person ended up saying the information, but uh, you know, it's 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 very it's 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 difficult. And and since everyone means well, people jump. But like like Rav David Feinstein said, you, know, you have to be a gaon to do chesed. Um, I you know I can't. And it, it's it's very fascinating. I have a number of my own personal circumstances where I was pretty sure it was just a bain of the situation, a social situation where you can usually often just use your social tact and figure it out. And I was lucky that I asked a Rav what I should do in that situation. And I found out, you know, that the Rav had a different idea of what I should do in that situation than what I thought was appropriate. And the Rav, you know, saved me because I asked my Rebbe what I should do in that situation. I was saved from making a bain of mess. Because of, uh, cause I was going to jump on what I thought was the right thing to do. Because we all have our instinct of what's the right thing to do. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not always appropriate. And it's not, it, it, it could be very, very damaging. And so when a person is engaging in hachanasas archim, when a person is engaging in tzedakah, you know, you, you could, you, it's very easy to embarrass a tzedakah recipient. Right? You can... You can you, so you, you, you can make a, a person feel terrible while you're doing your mitzvah. Now, what, what's your mitzvah worth? Which is why I think that you know, talks about in the Umar about how to properly do the mitzvah of you know just giving money. The idea of tzedakah, even if it's you know pulling a person around on a horse because that's what they're used to, it's like crazy because 
you know, that's that's tzedakah. I need to pull a person around on a horse. That sounds crazy. But I think it's dealing with, you know, this is what he socially is used to and being very sensitive to his social expectation. Right. And, you know, and that that's also very powerful because when you are doing chesed, are you thinking about the recipient of your chesed and how it relates to them? And um, it, it, you could make a person feel like you're shal mitzvah and that never feels good, right? They talk about this, you know, the, like the hashkafa of, of the person first mentality um, in Camp Hask, you know, the, the, way, the, way, they, the way they work and they, they stress this um, is that you treat the person like a person. You know, because you know, even even when dealing with special needs, that's another big area because um, people don't realize that not all special, you know, not all children or adults with special needs are the same, and so you can't just talk to every single one of them by going, "Oh, hey, how are you doing?" and you know, talking to them like they they're fools. When some of them they 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 might talk slower or they might have a speech impediment and they might not seem like they're there. But, you know, you can you can you can try to have if, if you try to have normal conversation with them, sometimes you'll find out that they that they actually know more than you give them credit for. And then you and, and you you the, the cost is that you make them feel like they're a dummy when maybe they, you know, they, they have intelligent thought and they and, you know, they, they just don't have the physical capacity to communicate it as easily as we can. Yeah. And just, you know, the hustle that you're trying to do for them, you're actually just patronizing them treating them like a child, you know, they, they already have so many disabilities, don't disable them even more. Treat them, you know, like a human being. And, and there, there's, there's really, there's no, there's no end to this list. And I want, I want to touch on a couple more before we finish, but I'll definitely say that, yes, you know, Bikr Cholim and Nicholim Avelim, it's not a time for politics. It's definitely not a time for Yentes, and it's not a time for curiosity. You know, that you could say things you know, even saying even saying something to the effect of, you know, of of doing something to quote unquote show that you care. I think it's very important that people recognize that in mitzvos like um, these ben adam al mitzvos like biker cholam and nicholam avelam are not ta- they're not opportunities to show that you care, which which sounds which sounds heartless, but that's actually not what it's for. It's not the time to show that you care. There there are ways of doing that, but you know it, it's it, kind of like what you said. It's about 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 showing face. You know, going to a chasana is, is your goal to be misamea chasana vakala, or was it just to show that you were there? Now, like, like kind of like like we said from Shlomo Karbach, which you said earlier, Hashem came to Avraham and didn't say anything. He showed that he was there, but there's a difference between being there and showing that you're there, right? There's there there's the hey, do you see me? Do you see me? I'm here. Versus you're not saying anything. You're there. And they might notice you, they might not notice you, but, you know, if, if your presence is in some ways helping them, it'll help them by itself without you trying to kind of stoop yourself in the way and making sure everyone knows that you're there. Yeah, I feel like, you know, people meeting, people who entertain the Chassan and Kala, you know, just needing to, you know, I need to get my shtick in. I need to be the person, hey, I, I've been waiting online to show my shtick because everyone needs to see this or... You know, I, we have we have a name for people like that. Yes, sir. Almost none of the listeners would understand what that name is, so we're not going to get into that. If, you, if, you're, if you're curious, yeah. then contact me at thedatabase.gmail.com. Yeah, but um, the classic example that I always say, it's like where you have three friends of the Kala's father from Shul, <laughs> <laughs> and, and they, they come in, you know, on, 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 
Yeah, during kids in Rock Them and do a very unsynchronized can can. And it's like now we are some this is a man comes out of the car. Amazing, they are happy. Yeah, um They weren't happy until now. <laughs> exactly. So you know, you, you, you can bombard a Hassan and Kala with your marriage advice that they're not going to be able to appreciate until, you know, a few weeks into their marriage anyway. Um, or you, know, you could just be there for them. The, the, the unsolicited advice is, is an amazing one. You know, are, <laughs> let me tell you something. You know, I've been married now. and Let me tell you something. It's like, oh, let me tell you something. I actually, you know, am going to just do it step by step. And maybe at some point I will ask you and then you could share with me your wisdom. Right, and and I know this might be a more sensitive issue, uh, but for you as as a chole, you know, going through what you were going through, one thing that that did not help matters um, when things were overwhelming for you was people giving you recommendations of what you should be doing, either in Ruchnius or in Gashmius, um, yeah. giving you more of a load than you could than you can handle with what your brain was able to handle. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I remember it was um, uh, it was a, like the second shop as I was home. Um, from from inpatient therapy, it was it was Matzah Shabbat. No, it was Shabbos Rosh Chodesh Hanukkah, and person pulled me aside while I was talking to their friends. He pulled me aside as before COVID, so you're allowed to do that. And he he said to me tonight, look at the moon, and you'll be healthy. And you know, of course, everyone knows if you look at the Hanukkah, Rosh Chodesh Hanukkah moon at night, it's definitely worth it to interrupt someone. I, I was just like disappointed because none of my Rebbeim and none of my therapists, not a single person said, hey, look at the Rosh Chodesh, Motsu Shabbos Hanukkah moon and you will be healthy. And I was like, hmm, why were they really yelling at me this whole thing? <laughs> right, so... In- you know, I think everything in context, everything at its time, you know, there's a time and a place. And sometimes there actually isn't a time and a place. Like maybe you're not the person to do it. And I, I, and I, I think I think the, you know, and I, we, we've, we've heard, you know, horror stories with, uh, with, with, with Kirov and Shaduchim. You know, I've heard stories of a Shadchan telling, a, telling a, a girl, obviously, who's struggling to, to find a Shaduch. You know, like I, I can't really help you lose a hundred pounds and then come back to me. Like I, I, I've heard this story more than once. It's like I, I you, you can't even imagine. You can't even yeah. imagine. Um, I, I've heard sto- I've heard stories of of a bunch of uh, a group of women complaining about the about pregnancy, about the pains of pregnancy, or complaining about about their kids in the presence of. Of of young woman who is having trouble with fertility. Now, how do how do you think she feels? I I just remember when we were sitting shiva a few years ago, and someone really wanted to come over and help and help my mom go through what she you know, get through what she was going through, and she, and she said the the most the, the wisest thing. She said, "Yeah, I lost my mother when I was when I was seven. You never get over it." And I was thinking, oh, that's amazing." Telling the person they will never get over the loss. That's exactly what they need to hear during Shiva. And that's, an, that, by the way, that's another thing. That, that, that I think you point, you hit on two things. One is, you know, obviously telling someone something horrible like that, but also there's the aspect of trying to compare tragedies. Now, not, I'm, I, by the way, what I'm not saying is, you know, losing a child 
is worse than losing a mother and you should never go to someone that I'm, what I'm saying is one person's tragedy is not another person's tragedy and for and the more you try to say I can relate the the further you're actually often distancing yourself from the person that you're trying to help and making it a story about you and not and not what, that what they're going through yeah it's really, it's amazing that halakha has been orchestrated in a way that's so perfect don't talk until the person who thinks about addresses you. Right, that, that, wow. That, that's incredible because that goes back to what you were saying about Bikr Cholim with, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu appearing to Avram. But we find that with, with Nichol Mavelim too, that you, you know, you come there, just just come and wait and, and, and say nothing. And, and, and sometimes, like, and again, it's not a time for curiosity for you to ask how the person died or how old was the person. Like, like, like what, what was the cause of death? Um, COVID nineteen, shkayach. No, the, the 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 that's not a time. Like you know, and and I think people do it because they don't want it to get awkward in the room. And so, by the way, sometimes you have to. Sometimes the avil actually needs that. Sometimes the avil feels awkward, and they might need someone to segue. But it's not again. It's not time for your personal curiosity. It's whatever is the needs of of, of the person in question. Actually, going back to Rabbi Moshe Weiss, he says that when it comes to bikur cholim, the word bikur means to do an investigation. Why an investigation? Not just a visiting, but you're investigating what is this person's need right now. Can I can I fulfill that need? Can I can I serve that need? Yeah, I definitely think that awkward silence is definitely better than awkward talking. I, I guess I hear that. At least no one's saying anything that's damaging. You know, you, you don't have to do damage control to fix an awkward silence. Um, and, and if you try, you'll yeah. often you'll often just make it into awkward talking um, if you don't do it right. Um, something that uh, that I've uh, that I've touched on a little bit in my Baltfila workshop is sometimes you know you have the socially off chazan who doesn't recognize that there's anyone else in the room. And when you when when you're a shliach tzibur, so that's obviously that's benedam lemakom and benedam lachaveru. But if your job is to represent the people around you, so if you don't, um, I, I think this was my rule number two for five things that you have to know is about tefila, and that rule was know your audience. And for sure, I mean, like even if you have the most beautiful voice, just realize, and especially that, if you don't. Yeah, Rishon Karbach has been quoted to say that. Like, I don't have such a good voice. If I have such a good voice, then no one would want to listen. No one would want to sing with me. They just want to listen to me. I have a good enough voice that people like. They know what I'm singing, and they'll sing with me. <laughs> no, that, that's very fascinating because. I think the, the optimal Baal is not someone who's soloing. It's someone who, and the, 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 as Baal you know, this is what we go for, and this is what I always try to. You, you know, you can, you can pull off a great solo. You, you can do it. It's not as fulfilling as a chazan. Um, if, you're, if you're a genuine chazan, it's not as fulfilling as when you have the entire kahila joining in song with you. And that can only happen if you are not trying to you know, if, 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 if your goal is to be socially there, right? Being a chazan is a very social activity, contrary to what some other chazan might believe. It's a social activity which involves you being the, you know, the, the kesher and the mediator, so to speak, between Hashem and the people. And part of that is enhancing the people's davening. And if, you, if, if it's just them listening to you, and effectively it's you listening to yourself, so you know that's a certain lack of 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 of, of, a, of an awareness of your surroundings, which I think speaks to the same um, lack of social tact that we're talking about that exists within Ben Adam Lachavero.
Oh, for sure. I think that, you know, even if the song is really beautiful, you don't try the song with a crowd that will not know it. I remember, you know, the, I one time, you know, did, I did Mustafa um, Kedusha to the tune of Kaech So. And I would never do that in like a regular community shul. I did it with the yeshiva on the Shabbaton because I knew that people would get into it and people loved it. You have to know which audience that's good for. And, you know, if you're and by, by the do, way, a song that is popular, quote unquote, might not be popular in the kahil that you're davening for. Yeah. And also, if you are planning on singing a song, make sure you do it, you know, at a, at a key and tempo that everyone else can get into. If you're, if you're singing it like really high or really low and no one can join you, it's like, you know, you sound nice, but nobody else is able to sing with you. And if you're doing it at a ridiculous pace, then, like, it's also really hard to get into. I, I heard people drag out davening and making it very long because they're singing a very heart sick niggin. And I've heard people just, just kind of, like, try to get through it. And that's it. But they sing. They sing it. So they're, oh, they use the tune. So it's a singing davening. Except, you know, I, I wouldn't, you know, I don't understand what, what's the the uh, aesthetic pleasure of singing and get it and get it and get it and get it and sing it if you're going to sing it sing it I, I, I think there are too many peeves when it comes to chazanas for us to, to put all here. And while we're talking about dragging out, I want to be careful that we don't drag this out too much. Um, I do want the listeners to enjoy it. And Bezra Hashem, I think, um, and I hope that um, that you all have gained something from this. Uh, we are going to wrap it up. But I think all of this really speaks to when it comes to whatever you want, whatever you're engaging in, whether it's being Malbish Erem, whether you're being Kover Mason, whether you're being Menachem Mavel or Mavaker Chola, or you're being or you're being makari of someone, or you're trying to be you're trying to be mashadech someone, you're trying to make a shidduch, which is one of the greatest mitzvahs. You, you, all these things you can do in the worst possible way. And the goal, as, as, as we said in the beginning, is you're trying to do two things. Two things which Hashem modeled. And that is, it's one thing to do an act of chesed, Right, just like Hashem is is kover mesim, Hashem is mal bisherim. You do the same thing. The other thing is mahurachum atarachum, that you actually manifest the traits that you are a person who is a master of these traits, and you're a master of social tact and social skill. That you're able to help people in the way that it's most needed for them. To be a hakadosh baruch Hu, right? To 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 do these acts of chesed. The way Hashem does it is Hashem does it knowing what the person needs. And if the person needs to hear something specific or not hear anything at all. And if you don't know, then it's safe to not do anything. It's like you're not a bad person for you know, playing it safe. And if, if for, for saying, I don't know if this is my place and I'm going to and I shouldn't do anything at all. Anyway. Remendi, I want to thank you so much for joining me for this um, this incredible conversation and podcast. Um, I, I think that looks weird. Sorry? Thanks for having me. Oh, I hope to have you for many more. Be'ezra Hashem. Um, this was a schos. Thank you for, for enhancing. And Be'ezra Hashem, we'll pick up with uh, the next session, whatever it is. Um, you'll, you'll find out in, the, in, in the, the coming WhatsApp messages if you're in the group. Otherwise, you'll just have to wait and tune into the database of the Risho Eisenberg. Thanks once again. It's been real. We talked.
And there was Torah. Shkayach.